the popular Nickelodeon. Despite efforts of businessmen to end existence of the five-cent theater, it still lives and prospers because of popularity. From Moving Picture World, January 18, 1908, by Frederick J. Haskin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The efforts of merchants in Philadelphia and other cities to put a stop to the moving picture shows may find hearty response among businessmen, but the great majority is on the side of the Nickelodeon. Philadelphia uses law processes, Louisville uses fine regulations, other cities employ other means to end the existence of the five-cent theater, but it still lives and prospers, financial panics notwithstanding. The Nickelodeon came to answer a demand for short, cheap, wholesome entertainment, and passed quickly from the list of novelties into that of standard amusements. Its home is a small hall that will seat a few hundred people, for if too great a crowd is admitted, the amusement transcends its privileges and is raised to the rank of a theater and must pay a theater license instead of an amusement license. The hall is fitted with a small stage that supports a screen for the pictures, while a piano or performerless musical apparatus beats out an accompaniment to the comedy or tragedy being portrayed by the moving pictures. A five-cent admission invites a patronage that would not be given anywhere else, and one may leave as early as one wishes, or stay through the entire performance. The Nickelodeon was born in a little southern town, and was the inspiration of a soda fountain man. This man had bought an expensive soda fountain and installed it in an old drug store, and soon found he was losing money. Just in the midst of the financial straits, his landlord came and offered him the next-door building, also at a bargain figure. The building he already had did not seem to be paying, but as nothing could be worse than that one, he concluded he would take two. He cast about in his mind for some means of making it a paying thing, and just then when a maker of moving pictures came by, he found his solution. The picture-maker had not been so successful himself. They decided to open a small theater that would seat a hundred people, and entertain them by throwing moving pictures on a screen, and have a graphophone make music at the same time. They at first charged ten cents admission, then they saw that half as much would be more popular and profitable. The Nickelodeon was a success from the start. At the end of eight or nine months, the soda fountain man and the moving picture maker had $35,000 in the bank of the small town, and were well on the highway to success. Their idea was soon flying far and wide over the country. Big cities and little ones took it up, until there are 5,000 or over in full swing throughout the country, with many hundred in New York alone. Some have even gone so far as to enlarge their houses and take out regular theater licenses at $500 a year, so they can accommodate the 800 or 1,000 people that their gatemen have showed would be possible if the auditoriums were large enough. 
Philadelphia, alone, has one that clears upwards of $30,000 a year. And this, after one considers the fact that the average attendance of the smallest ones must average 4000 a week, at least, to meet the running expenses. New York's great trouble has been that the noise of the Barker's megaphones and phonographs at the entrances cause annoyance, and formal complaints have been filed against the Nickelodeons by merchants of their neighborhoods. As a result, the Barker may go, but the phonograph, under one of its many guises, may remain, for, in this age of machinery that must soon minimize man's services in many ways, even as a mechanism throws the figures of the actors and actresses on the canvas in the darkened rooms where owl-eyed ushers skillfully find you a seat, so it must eventually furnish the entrance calls, the urgent invitations to come and see what is inside, and all the gay music that sets you to wondering what lies beyond the doors. Children are the best patrons of the Nickelodeon. The five-cent piece is easily begged from the parental purse, and thousands of tots go to the tiny moving picture show who never see any other. To meet their demands, real fairy tales are often enacted, and bits of travel and history shown. In large cities where a new foreign population helps swell the census rolls, an astonishingly large percentage of the audience in the Nickelodeon is drawn from the Latin races who cannot speak English, who could not understand a word of an English play, but who can understand and enjoy a picture pantomime. Romance finds its adherents the world over, whether one understands the language of a country or not, and the tragedies of a Watteau shepherdess posed, perhaps, in some modern wood just outside Paris, where real sheep are available, are quite real to the audience of a New York East Side Nickelodeon, whether they are mentally interpreted in Yiddish, Italian, Bohemian, Syrian, or Polish. The blunders of the tipsy man with the accommodating latchkey are understandable in any language when only a picture portrays them and the tragic story of the forsaken wife and the dying child are as real as real can be, and sympathetic sniffles and visible applications of handkerchiefs bear flattering tribute to the faraway actors in some moving picture studio who acted out the touching little drama before the powerful camera. The Nickelodeon, in its demand for many and varied pictures, has created, in the five years of its existence, a new class of actors, and a new class of playwrights. Actors who never more see a real stage, who are ever far away from real footlights, and who never hear the plaudits of the millions they please by their art, play out in pantomime before the cameras the hundreds of little dramas that the moving picture machines, under their manifold names, present to audiences all over the world. Men who could not write a line of a play have become famous at making plots for the actors to interpret. The Nickelodeons use the majority of the films so prepared, and talent and ingenuity are busy keeping up the supply. It is no small task making these little photographic films of the modest proportions of five-eighths by one and one-eighth inches, but so many of them strung together that the whole is many hundred feet long. 
large studios are fitted up as interiors roof gardens and the tops of giant skyscrapers are pressed into service and often the homes of the actors and actresses are used to give better effects when needed long excursions into the parks near paris or new york are made with actors and actresses in costume ready to run automobiles ride horseback engage in some mirth-provoking chase or act out simple tea-party scenes as the needs of the play may be when real pedestrian or disinterested parties of any sort sometimes cross the line of the camera at the critical minute so much the better for the picture it gives a greater reality busy thoroughfares shady country lanes and private gardens are all being pressed into service today by the enterprising maker of pictures for the five-cent theater and every device that science can bring him is pressed into service sometimes the process is slow and the work is expensive there are freak pictures where giant knives rush out and slice bread unaided with a few jerks and amid much laughter and speculation the incident is over in a few seconds yet it took many days to make that film for the knife was moved ever so tiny a distance and photographed then moved and photographed again and yet again until the entire film has received its impressions and when rapidly reeled off gave the desired effect that a thousand exposures had been necessary to produce sometimes the scenes to be reproduced are miles apart the critical audience in the little nickelodeon may discover two crude attempts at deception and so natural settings must be procured if possible cabs hurtle down the champs-elysees for the benefit of the cameraman on the sidewalk accidents occur and people are evidently injured as per schedule accommodating ditchers comforted by substantial money have been found who were willing to be knocked bodily into the holes they have dug and then emerge covered with dirt and confusion for the benefit of the ready camera cowboys who never saw the plains have charged bravely through the bronx to circumvent a mail coach robbery by a band of indian braves borrowed from the hippodrome all under the camera's cyclopean eye but when real western scenes were needed to complete the pictures the cameraman has bundled up his expensive instruments his miles of delicate film and with a hurry-up order from the nickelodeon managers in his pocket has gone swiftly to the deserts of arizona or the mesas of new mexico there he has pressed the real cowboy and the real indian into service against the real background of endless plain and sapphire sky that can never be faked the Nickelodeon audiences demand travel scenes. They must be had, and they must be filled with adventure, and perhaps have a bit of romance tucked in between. For ever since time began, all the world has loved the lover and sympathized with him in his joys and sorrows. Real Alps are climbed, real deserts are crossed, real dangers encountered, actual conditions of heat and cold are endured and more than once the forfeit of health or life has been paid that the baby theatre may receive films that tell a good story and reproduce real conditions the first moving picture was made in eighteen ninety seven 
the Corbett Fitzsimmons fight in Carson City, when a film seven miles long was used, and the men fought under several hundred powerful arc lights for the picture maker's benefit. Certain tricks of trade have been learned that make the pictures better every year. One rather expensive thing is the use of ground glass, only, when glass is to be shattered, for its edges photograph better. Talcum powder is always used to simulate smoke, for it does not dim the picture. With two million people already going every day to these tiny theaters, and more waiting to go, the maker of the show must keep a new and varied selection of pictures. The public has demanded pleasures in small and attractive packages, and he must continue to meet the demand. End of The Popular Nickelodeon From Moving Picture World, January 18, 1908 By Frederick J. Haskin Read by Andrea Kay